Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org slash OC. Look at someone around you and tell them you look a lot better than you did the last time I saw you. I don't know what you're doing, but it's working. Just, just tell them that. Say, you look amazing. A lot better, a lot better. Praise the Lord. Now, they gave me a rock to hold my notes down. And if you, don't, if you don't cooperate with this message, we might play David and Goliath. Amen. But uh, what an what a, what a amazing opportunity to worship the Lord. Beautiful. See, God's so good. See, when the favor of God is on you, I got sunshine and you don't. That's just how it goes. You know, the Lord, what can I say? I walk in favor. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open them with me. It's great to have Sharice here with me, my amazing wife and incredible partner. She's amazing. She really is. Her, we both are full-time. Uh, we started a new thing. We opened up full-time uh, daycare for grandchildren. Amen. And we, we love every minute of it. And that is our that is our full time job, and ministry stuff is part time now for us. Go with me to First Samuel chapter nine, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. I, I love this story so much that I'm writing a book on it right now. That'll be out next year. Uh, I'm actually doing one on on prophecy, on end time prophecy, but also what God has to say about this time. And uh, I think this story is so, so prophetic that I want you to see it. 1 Samuel chapter 9, I'll begin with verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, notice that part, told him in his ear. Samuel was such a prophet of God. The Bible actually says that not one word that he spoke fell from his mouth, meaning, or fell to the ground, meaning that if he spoke it, it, there's another verse that said the dogs wouldn't bark when this man prophesied. The dogs wouldn't even bark at him. And not one word that he spoke prophetically fell to the ground. And I love the, the, the point that the Bible said that the Lord told Samuel in his ear that day before Saul came, in his ear, saying, tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. You shall anoint him, command him to be king over my people, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistine, for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come unto me. Verse 19, I'll skip, I'll skip down to verse 19. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Because they ask in verse 18, where is the seer's house, prophet's house? He said, go up before me to the high, to go up before me to the high place for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow and I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. Verse 20, but as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them. They have been found. 
And on whom is all the desire of Israel not you? Is it not on you and on your father's house? This is a remarkable, seemingly story that you could read over and not understand the prophetic implication of it. Saul would become the first king of Israel. He would begin a prophetic journey that for a whole nation that would produce a Messiah, that one day that Messiah is coming back and that kingdom will never end. It all started from this story. I want to preach to you today that we are on a, you are on a prophetic journey. The thing that I want you to understand about a, a prophetic journey is different. A prophetic message is different. What I'm preaching today is not a topical message. A topical sermon is, say, today I'm going to preach on adultery. And I could make a general statement like, there's a, there's a lot of adultery in Orange County. But a prophetic message is, today I'm going to preach on adultery and eight rows up and three seats in, there is a... It's a little bit different. Today what I'm going to preach is a prophetic message that God laid strongly on my heart. God put Saul as a teenage boy. The Bible gives us the physical description of Saul, the first king of Israel. He was young. He was a young man when God called him. He was living in his father's house. His, got, his dad, this is all in the chapter that I didn't have time to read, but his dad came to him. I think it's in the third verse. And he said to him, son, the donkeys have gotten loose. I'm a farmer. I can't do my work without the donkeys, and I need you to go recover these donkeys. And this teenage boy didn't want to do it, number one, because his father told him to. Let's keep moving. Amen. But, but he didn't want to do it. What a dumb thing. I want to stay in my room. He has no idea that he's going to be the next king of Israel. He has no idea the destiny that God has for his life. He thinks he's just doing what he has to do, obeying his father, his annoying father. But he was submitted to his father. And he goes out and he takes the servant of the father and they began a journey that lasted for three days. For three days, they searched the land for these donkeys. And they could not find them. And Saul was ready to give up. And the servant said to him, Why don't we go to the city? There's a prophet there, a seer there, who God tells him things. And it may be that he could help us recover these donkeys. And Saul hesitantly agrees to go. So suddenly Saul, the Bible said he stood a, he's tall, he stood a head and shoulders above all the other men in Israel. This tall young man who has no concept of who he is in God's magnificent eternal plan. He has no idea of the weight of the journey that he is taking, the impact that he is about to set forth a, a series of miracles that would fulfill prophecies that had been prophesied
for thousands of years. He has no idea, but he is literally step by step as he's moving toward this city. He is, he is on a prophetic journey. And not only is he on a prophetic journey, while God is speaking and leading him and manipulating his steps, because truly, Psalms 37 said, the steps of righteous men and women are ordered of the Lord. Ordered of the Lord. And as he's moving in that direction, God goes on the other side of the trip and he speaks into the ear of the prophet Samuel. And he says, now about this time tomorrow, there's a young man coming and you'll recognize him when you see him. Wait at the gate and when you see him, you pull him aside, take him home, feed him and pour oil on him and pronounce him the first king of Israel. The nation will have a king that it's never had before in human history. And the Bible said that Samuel went out And I want you to see it now. I love the fact that God's working on both sides. I love the fact that while while Saul is moving in this direction and God's speaking here, that he's already over here working, setting the right situation, setting the right person up, setting the right place up, setting the right time up. And about this time tomorrow, there's going to be... an interception, there's going to be a, 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 a collision of destiny like you would not believe because you're on a prophetic journey. And while you're walking it out, God is working it out. Saul was looking for something that was lost. This is so important. He was looking for something that was missing. God will set you up by causing you to lose something that you thought you had to have in life. But it's the loss of something, it's the thing that you are missing that will actually cause you to to reach and get on the prophetic journey. Had Sometimes the greatest thing that can happen to you are the things that you lose, not keep. Sometimes the greatest thing that can happen to you are the relationships that you lose and you thought you couldn't live without them, but God used them to put you on a prophetic journey that has to do with your destiny. And he's chasing donkeys. Such such a trivial and unimportant assignment it seems compared to the magnitude of his calling, but... But, but as he's chasing donkeys, God will use the loss in his life to shift him in a prophetic direction where he will encounter a prophet who will forever change his life and the word of the Lord will then begin to be, to be actualized in a remarkable way. God told Samuel about this time tomorrow. I have a man on a prophetic path and I will use the inward motivation of what's missing. See, the reason some of you are searching, searching, searching is something's missing. Where's my peace? Where's my joy? Where's my meaning? 
I've got the house. I've got the car. I've tried this. I've tried that. Something's missing. God uses inward motivation to put us on a prophetic journey. God used the loss. God used what he didn't have. God has you. And I'm telling you, again, I'm not just preaching this because I didn't have nothing else to preach. I'm preaching this because God knew who would be under the sound of my voice. And God has you in a setup. When it, what feels like a loss is really God using the donkeys to get you where you're supposed to be to have an encounter. You're looking for one thing, Saul, but you're about to get something else. You're chasing donkeys, but you're about to come home with the kingdom. You, you think, and I, I told them in the first service, I had never said this before, but uh, I told them in the, there's, there's a lot of young men who are chasing donkeys, and I won't use the biblical term. But while you're chasing that mess, I'm going to tell you something. Even your trip-ups, even your mess-ups, even your failures, God is ordering our life. And He doesn't just order our steps forward. He orders our stops. He's in charge when we back up. He's in charge when we stumble and when we fall. There's nothing that's happened to you that's not part of God's prophetic journey. And if you'll just get in step with His Spirit while you're walking it out, He'll start working it out. Come on. I don't care what you've been through. What God works all things together for his good. Clap your hands and shout yes, amen. Saul is standing at the gate now. Or Samuel the prophet is standing at the gate. Here comes this tall, young boy, thinking he's just having another day in life. And when the, when the prophet sees that boy, his ear becomes sensitized. And a voice says, that's him. That's him. That's him. And the prophet says... And, and they just happen, Chance. Uh, can I just preach right here? Uh, we don't believe in happen, Chance. Let me go a step further. We don't believe in horoscopes. We don't believe in tarot cards. If you're going to them, you're trafficking with demons. We don't believe in in good witches and bad witches. We don't believe in crystal balls. We have something called the Holy Ghost and he will guide you into all truth and you better leave that stuff alone. It brings a curse on your life. And the de- oh, oh, but pastor, I went to one and they told me things that marveled me. The devil knows a little bit, but he doesn't know the future. All he can do is plant seeds in your mind about your future. But I know the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'll put my trust in his word and hold to God's unchanging hand. You better leave the occult alone. I break every curse. 
Woo, I feel authority like a blanket coming over me. I break every lie hell has predicted in your future. I'm going to give you a prediction. Jesus is in your future. An anointing is in your future. Purpose is in your future. The hand of God blessing your life, if you'll let it, is in your future. Everybody take a praise break and give God some praise if you know it's the truth. The prophet said, they they came to the prophet and they said, Sir, we're looking for directions. We heard there's a seer. There's a seer, S-E-E-R. There's a seer, a prophet or a, you know, is a spiritualist. And we, we heard that... That, that, uh, that there's one in this town that can tell us how to recover lost things. He said, I am he. I'm Samuel the prophet. And he said, you come home with me. And I'm going to cook you a meal. That's what it said. And he came and ate with him. And then he took oil the next morning and poured it on him and anointed him to be king. He went after what he lost Searching on a prophetic journey. And some of you, because of what you've lost, are searching, searching, searching. And today, you made a bad turn, sort of, because you came to the wrong church. If you just wanted a little dab would do you kind of message, you came to the wrong church. But if you wanted God to get in your face... You say, well, now, I just don't know about all this. I feel a little funny, and you, you do have me interested. Good. <laughs> but I'm not, I don't want to be like these people. Don't get me wrong. I, I, don't, I don't want to. I'm not ready to receive it yet. I'm not through preaching yet. <laughs> That's the power of this book. It will mess you up. It will turn you upside down, inside out, and read your thoughts and intents. And while you're squirming, it's saying, yeah, that's for you. And if you didn't get it, preacher, say it plainer. And God will move on over into your seat with you. He's that real. He said, he said come home and eat the food that I'm going to cook for you. And I've come today with food from a prophet. You're getting ready to recover it all. If you keep eating what I'm cooking right up here right now, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Because I'm cooking the Word of God right now, and I'm feeding you what thus saith the Lord. Not, not a general word, but a now word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth. There's a proceeding word. It's right now. God has us on a journey. If everything went the way you wanted it to go, you wouldn't be sitting here today. Sometimes the rough times were the best times when you look back on them. And you went looking for donkeys, but you're going to go home with the kingdom. The prophet said, by the way, your donkeys were found three days ago. I knew exactly where they were. They're corralled up. Don't worry about that. You've been chasing donkeys, and that's the least of what you need to be concerned with. We need a sensitized ear like the prophet had. 
We can't speak if we don't hear. We need an ear for our children, an ear for our family. We need a sensitized ear in an hour like this. Have to learn to hear by the Spirit. Something on the inside, an inward, an inward voice. And I heard it a week ago when I was putting this message together. The Lord spoke to me and He said, You tell the teenagers, the 20-somethings, and the 30, the early 30s, 35 and under, you tell them for me something big is about to happen. That you are the generation more than any other that God has had on a prophetic journey. I believe that Jesus is coming soon. I believe that the rapture is going to take place. I believe the trumpet is going to sound. I don't care if you'd believe in that stuff or not. It's coming. Whether it's not, it, just, like, just like all the stuff that's happening, you don't have a say-so in it. If you didn't learn anything through the pandemic, there's some things you don't have a say-so in. And all the control you thought you had, you don't have. But I also believe that just as sure as the signs of the times are happening even so rapidly that we can't get our mind around it, I do not believe that God wants the generation that is the teenagers and the 20s and the 30s. I don't think He wants them giving up hope and giving up dreams. And get, at the same time, the Bible said that He would give dreams and visions. And you ought to have a 70-year vision. You ought to have a... You ought to, God doesn't want you sitting around. We don't need to get in-time euphoria. So much so that our children lose all hope and say, well, what's the use? And I even had a couple tell me the other day, Pastor, would you pray for us? We don't know if we ought to have a baby or not because it's getting so bad. The times are so bad. God did not call us to live in that kind of fear. He already told you to have a baby. He said, populate and be, multiply. He already told us that. If you're married... But if you weren't, it's still the birth came from God. That child is just as full of purpose and life that was given by God. Doesn't matter how you got here. Babies don't come from mother. Babies come through mothers. God, babies come from God. God said, I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb. I don't care how they get here. As if God gave them life, they have a purpose and a mission and a reason for being here. And they're precious. Life is precious. Babies are precious. I'm telling you that I heard the Lord say something big is about to happen. I heard it. I want you to turn to somebody and say these words. I wanted to give up, but now I'm going to have to get up. Come on, tell them that. Say it. Say it. Say it out loud. Say, I wanted to give up, but now I'm going to have to get up because I'm on a prophetic journey and I've been chasing donkeys when I didn't even understand the magnificent plan God has for my life if I will be willing and obedient. Prophecy puts you in it before it happens. He's ordering your steps. Prophecy puts you in it before it happens. 
I don't know why, Pastor, but I just feel like my family's about to get saved. Guess what? That's God stirring an internal voice. And did they come to church? No. Did, did, did they come with you this morning? No. But I just believe. I just believe. Prophecy puts you in it before it happens. Don't, don't squash that voice. But listen to that voice. Get sensitive to that voice. You've been looking for the wrong stuff. I'm almost done. Let me finish. When God starts a prophetic journey on one end, here, He's ordaining somebody else's step there. And the two will collide. This is a word for single people who know you're not supposed to be single all your life. And something, yes sir. See, that's what I'm talking about. I'll preach to you then. She's coming, my friend. She's coming and she's going to love. <laughs> Have you got a card? Amen. <laughs> I'm, I love that. I love that. It's not going to be, you don't, you, it's not going to be accidental. It's not, we don't believe in rabbit's foot. We, we don't, you know, <laughs> we, we don't believe in good luck. Good luck. Good luck. When 50% of marriages end in divorce, I need more than luck. I need a Holy Ghost hookup. I need the Lord. I need supernatural direction from the throne of God. And he's got it. I've come this morning with a prophetic word. While he's working on you, he's working on her, and it's going to happen. Now shout like you believe what you hear. Eat what I'm cooking. Eat what I'm cooking. Get happy, get happy, get happy, and eat what I'm cooking. Glory. Running around after dumb things. When God has this great plan for your life, you don't even understand your life is so much bigger than hanging out with donkeys. I'm not mad. I get passionate when I preach. I'm not mad. I'm a nice guy. But boy, it, it, it disturbs me when young people start following all the donkeys. So much potential. So much calling. So much anointing. So much ability. But the enemy wants to distract you. But I've come this morning. With a word from the Lord. I love the fact that when the prophet said, you'll be the king and I anoint you to be king, he immediately, like most people who are chosen, gifted and called, he immediately offered excuses as to why he could not do it. If you read the rest of the story, he offered excuses. I'm not talented enough. I'm not gifted enough. Me? Me? I I chase donkeys for a living. Are you kidding me? Me, the king, this is, this is always the, the, the reaction that people have. Think when God whispers, when God gives you a prophetic whisper in your ear, you could do that. That could be you. You could start that business. You could be that doctor. You could be that. You could, you could, you could, you could do that. It's, that's me. I, mean, I gave you talents. But if we don't watch it, We make excuses as to why we can't do it. But 
God said, no, you're not worthy. The prophet said, no. I know, he even said, I'm from the wrong family. My family is the least. The tribe of Benjamin is the least of all of Israel. We were dysfunctional. Bad family. God said, but you're chosen. And chosen usurps over everything in your past. You are chosen and God hasn't changed his mind about you. Woo, hallelujah. Clap your hands and thank God. That, shout out loud, I'm chosen. I'm a chosen generation. I want teenagers. I want 20-something, 30-something, and the rest of us to shout, I'm a chosen generation. I'm part of a chosen generation. I close with this. What's remarkable is if you keep reading over, the day comes for Saul to be crowned king of Israel's coronation, coronation day. Thousands and thousands. It's the biggest day in the history of the nation of Israel. And there's this little verse that says, And when they called to crown him, they could not find him, for he was hiding among the stuff. He was hiding. And, and the King James puts it like this. I like the wording. He was hiding among the baggage. Come forward now, King Saul. We're ready. Baggage. Hiding among the baggage. Chasing donkeys and hiding among the baggage that's been accumulated. Saying, I can't because... I can't because. I last Sunday preached this message in Gainesville. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me last week about Isaiah 58, and He told me how to close this message. I'm careful when I say that. But I believe that Jesus could come before I finish this sermon and we ought to live that way and we, if we do we won't live lax and loose and ungodly but I do not believe that the teenagers who have been through so much the generation that has been raised my generation I remember in school I remember in public school in North Carolina where I went to school I remember them taking the Bible. I remember them um, in public school praying a general prayer. I've got the prayer. I've, I've researched it and I couldn't remember every word to it. But it's a very short prayer. It just recognizes God. We thank you for your mercies and your grace. Bless our family. Bless, bless, my, uh, bless my day. Bless my nation. And God, keep us all. Something like that was how we prayed. And this was, this was all across this nation less than 50 years ago. The prayer was taken out. 
Ten Commandments, mention of God, nothing. And for the first time, a whole generation has been raised without much prayer, without much God, without much Bible. And yet, it is my firm conviction that that generation is the very one that's going to pray the most bold, powerful prayers, that's going to evangelize the world like never before. What if God doesn't want to diminish America as all of the doomsday prophecy things people are saying? I know all of it's coming to pass. I know the chip. I know 666. I know all that. I believe all of that. But what if God wants to actually enlarge our influence as a nation and as in the world one more time one more time so the kingdom minded people in every field from the political to the medical to entrepreneurs to the the next great invention I want it to go not to a godless somebody who, who despises the mention of God I want it to go I want a witty invention to go to a Holy Ghost field young person who, who's, who's standing there and they're a, they're a geek, they're some kind of tech geek and God gives them something and they, and they say, I'm going to use this. How do we know God can't work like that? And so I, I, I said, Lord, what, what have you got for this generation? Because I've seen young, I've seen seniors and high school seniors and it's just sad. It's just sad for one year. No, everything's missing. The donkeys have gotten out. Uh, their, their life has been uh, so abnormal. The twenty-somethings, the thirty-somethings, the no social, no gatherings, no concerts, no, no, not, not much at all. What in the world is going on? I believe with all of my heart it's because this generation is chosen. And this is what I found in Isaiah 58, which speaks to me because it's the fasting chapter in the Bible and I've read this so many times and I've never seen it like this so here it is those from among you a new generation shall build the old waste places watch this and they shall raise up the foundations for many generations that's what's happened in America is the foundations have been destroyed they're being destroyed the foundations are being destroyed But God said, I'm going to raise up a generation that's going to restore the foundations so good that it'll last a few more generations. Wow. And then he said this, and you shall be called the repairer of the the breach. A breach is a divide. America has never been more divided politically, racially, spiritually, in the kingdom, in the church, we don't talk to each other. We don't have anything to churches divided, everybody divided. But he said there's a generation that's going to restore the foundation so strong that it'll last for many generations. And the second thing they're going to do is they will be called the repairer of the great divide. And then he says one more thing that they will do. He says in verse 12, that they'll be called the restorer of the streets to dwell in. 
I believe that you are that generation and I believe what God is up to is beyond anything we can comprehend. That's why the loss and that's why the emptiness and that's why you've been going through those feelings and emotions and hopelessness and helplessness is God has had His eye. He's watched a whole generation come up without prayer, without fathers, without a, a whole family. He's watched you and his, you, have not, you have not escaped God's eye. I'm talking to this teenage, 20, early 30-something generation. God's eye has been upon you. And he saw what all of them had and you didn't have it. And he says it's because you're chosen. You're on a prophetic journey and you're the generation that will bring the king back. A kingdom is coming that is not of this world and you're the generation that will usher it in. And he didn't choose David's generation or Paul's generation or Daniel's generation. He chose you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC. 